Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show podcast. This is Russell Dowden with the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine and host of the Texas Hemp Show. It is podcast number 80 already uh, here at the Texas Hemp Show and Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. And we are excited to get our 80th show underway this week. Joining us on the program this week, uh, my co-host is uh, Andrea Steele. Um, from the long uh, from the law firm Frost Brown uh, Todd Attorneys, so we are uh, honored to have a- Andrea on. She contributes uh, very often to the Texas Hemp Reporter, and if you are from Texas and know the the legal battle of uh, the 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 state's uh, laws here, you know that Andrea does a fantastic job of keeping us all informed on the ever changing landscape of the Texas cannabis market. And so welcome to the show, Andrea. How are you doing from Houston, Texas, joining us on the Texas Hemp Show? Hey, Russell, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me co-host with you tonight. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, we. I appreciate you uh, uh, jumping on here with us. We wanted to kind of mix things up. We're trying to get um, voices that are familiar with people that are familiar with those in the state here in cannabis and hemp. And, uh, you know, we've had Shada Tarabi co-host on before and want to just try to mix it up and ask some colleagues like yourself to chime in here and, and co-host once in a while and, and get you in the hot seat with this. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. Let's do it. Well, right on. And joining us this week on podcast number 80 is a, a client we onboarded at the Texas Hemp Reporter a few months back, our friends over at Lee Hemp Company, it's uh, LeeHemp.com. They, they got the, they're kind of vertically integrated. Uh, um, Hannah Beckett is the co-owner there and the director of marketing, and she's chiming in from I think either Colorado or Montana. Where are you calling in from today, Hannah? <laughs> I can't recall where you're calling in from. Yeah, this is Hannah. I am so I personally I do live in Montana. Our company is based out of Colorado, and I'm there a lot every couple okay. weeks. Um, so I would say Colorado. Yes, we're based in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I had some notes here. Con- I think that's a confusion on that. Um, well, I, I I wasn't sure. I, I my notes here have um, that you're vertically vertically integrated, based in Ignacio, Colorado. Is that right? Yep, that is right. And yeah. then I thought I read somewhere too that it was near Durango, so I wasn't sure. But maybe Ignacio is like a suburb of Durango. Yeah, I wouldn't say suburb, but it's a little. So we are in the Durango area. There's two little towns outside of Durango, Bayfield and Ignacio, and we farm kind of right in between those two little towns. So. And it's Ig- Ignacio is the correct way of pronouncing that, correct? Um, actually, kind of either or on that one, so you're fine. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the locals say it both ways. <laughs> well, uh, very cool that you are living in Montana and 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 then office and, and and the company's based in Colorado and and I guess Zeph is in Colorado, right? Yes, your yep, brother. That's well, it's just cool. I'm well, I, my father's lived in Montana in Hamilton and and Darby and I was yeah, bo- I was born in Longmont, area. Colorado myself, raised in Texas, so I'm a little familiar with both Montana and Colorado. So. Well, I guess let's get started here a little. I've never been to Colorado or Montana, so I'm. I'm you I'm should visit. They're both beautiful. Absolutely, do plan on it one day. 
<laughs> well, we'll get you up there sometime, Andrea. And uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, Lee Hemp. And, and I understand you're vertically integrated. I noticed earlier that I was on one website and I was like, wait a minute. Hey, I don't see where uh, Hannah and Zeph are on here. And I was looking at the about page, but I realized quickly that I was on the CBD page, which was kind of your you know, that's your vertical operation. I realized I was on the wrong site looking for you and Zef. <laughs> yeah, I think lehem.com redirects to our CBD page typically, but there should be a shop hemp seeds on the homepage button that takes you to our lehem seeds page. So yeah, we do, we do it all. Um, <laughs> that originated, we started farming hemp in 2018 and did our own extraction and manufacturing of a whole CBD line. And then the hemp seeds came about when we realized there wasn't anybody we were really excited about buying hemp seeds from mm -hmm. for our next crop. <laughs> and so we felt like there was a need for uh, good hemp genetics and too for people that want to grow maybe 25 hemp plants or 50 or something. Whereas everywhere we were looking to buy, you needed to purchase like 5,000 units or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So, well, that's, so yes, we do have both those sites. <laughs> yeah. And, and for listeners that are also readers of the Texas hemp reporter magazine there, uh, she has an ad page uh, 61 to, towards the back of our, our April, May issue. And there's a really cool half page ad in here for LeeHempSeeds.com, 970-317-1257. If you'd like to call them or, and check out the website and purchase some of the seeds. i got to say, Hannah, some of the, uh, you know, I know that these are 99% feminized seeds, but you have some really affordable deals here. I know, you know, in your ad, it says... Five seeds is fifteen bucks. Twenty-five seeds mm -hmm. is fifty dollars. Uh, you've yeah. got a hundred seeds for a hundred dollars, and and it kind of goes up from there. Can you yeah, talk about you know your structuring for this? Because this is pretty. It's really designed for individuals too that want to just get started. Right. Yeah. That's where we felt there was, like I said, we we went to purchase and we were like, oh, we need five thousand units, and it's five thousand bucks, and it's a big startup cost mm -hmm. to farm a couple acres of hemp um, and we wanted to provide the opportunity if somebody's looking at growing a year from now, two or three years from now to buy five seeds, not have to spend an arm and a leg, grow them, see how they do, kind of know what they're in for before they scale up. Or if there's, I mean, there are backyard farmers, gardeners that want to just buy or plant a couple hemp seeds, grow a few plants, um, maybe, just smoke their own flour or do their own ex small scale extraction, whatever they want to do with that. Um, so yeah, we, with that pricing structure, obviously we're not trying, we have hundreds of thousands of seeds available currently um, from our last seed crop. We're not trying to make a million bucks on five hemp seed packets, but we are trying to just provide something for smaller gardeners or people that are looking at farming larger scale within a couple of years because that wasn't available to us and we wished it was. And, and the seed company website is leehempseeds.com. So I'm going to make sure I have that one up on my screen just because I want to, because I was still on your other one, but that is really cool that you're vertically integrated. What have you learned about, you know, having the seeds and then, and then having the products as well? Yeah, I think, 
That for us has been a key piece to our whole company. One, because we want to stay really involved in the agricultural community. That's our passion and that's important to us. So being the ones that farm our own plants, um, I mean, we created our own seed genetic that there's two varieties on our site. The dream is an F1 hybrid that we've registered. Um, so that as I mean, just as a basis is important to us to stay involved in the agricultural community, but it's also been eye opening around um, and I'm sure your co-host can speak on this too, but the regulation for farmers, not only the regulation with the product on the shelf, um, but making sure we're compliant in all aspects of what we do is is a headache and eye-opening and good all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let Andrea jump in there anytime, Andrea, if you've got something for well, her. The first thing I want to say is, I, I you know, offer some appreciation for, for selling the seeds at, at the smaller um, quantity sizes. I think that is important for beginners and in a state like Texas that didn't have a 2014 pilot program, you know, we're, we're a few years in now, but um, there's still a lot of people that are beginning this journey. And, and I think it's really important to have access and opportunity to get seeds in smaller quantities. So they're not, you know, so they have an, they have an opportunity to test it out and experiment and see what works and doesn't work without blowing thousands of dollars and more than that on an investment that may not work for them. So that really makes you a better business person when you're when you're experimenting with it as well. You're, you're kind of you've learned a little bit in in the process yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we know we know how these plants grew. We know what the yield was like on them, and we know what kind of products we were able to make from them. So it also shows a bit of credibility and and also like the willingness to back up your product because you're confident enough to know that selling a small number of units is good enough and you know if you're providing that kind of service to your customers and you're responsive then you're going to grow the business and get the bigger units ordered as those companies grow and they know they found a partner in you as somebody willing to work with them so i think that's good as well yeah thank you yeah absolutely we're confident in in what we're selling we're confident that people that grow five plants this year will come back and purchase when they scale up for sure are, do you have bigger clients? Is there anybody purchasing seeds in the excess of 500 seeds? How? You know, we do. Um, I mean, a couple, like five to 10 people have maybe ordered, yeah, over 500 seeds, or I guess maybe in the 200 to 1,000 seed range. So a couple, not huge scale, but um, larger scale farmers for sure. But okay. as of this year, a small amount. Again, our we're looking at, this year selling and we have sold a ton of five, 10, 25 seed packets um, this year. And I would suspect that then next year we'll be looking at a, at a lot of larger orders. Can you speak to what makes the, I noticed one of the things on the website talked about um, the operation being organic. Uh, you, it says you're using, you know, here utilizing organic farming practices for engineering high quality, effective CBD products. What, what, what makes the, what makes the organization organic? Yeah, so we're not a certified organic facility or farm, farm, but we do use all organic fertilizers. Um, or we're using Jack's nutrients for the soil. Um, so. Mm -hmm. We're just making sure that we can only claim right now that we're using organic farming practices again because we don't have any certifications as of yet. Um, we're still 
new enough in that aspect that we're not there yet, but we're using all organic um, fertilizers, soils, nutrients. Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. One of the pages that I'm on leehempseeds.com right here is you can go to the website and check out Avery State's, uh, I guess, legal. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty. I'm on that right now looking at it. I, and I think I'm sharing it with uh, Andrea as well. Are you able to see the website, Andrea? Yeah, I can see it. So yeah. I'm actually I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, what, what page is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I I personally built that and I need to make sure it well it does it stays updated I updated it a couple months ago um, but we wanted to be I guess our biggest our bigger mission outside of just like selling hemp seeds is just being a resource for people so we want to be our we want our web page to grow into a resource for hemp farmers to be able to find information and legal documents and growing practices um, so that was kind of like the basics of okay let's at least put you know, legal amount of plants without a license on per state on our page. And well, this is really a cool uh, piece of uh, resource here. I, it, I've got to Google and search from time to time to see what New Mexico's permits holders, how many permit holders are in New, our neighboring states to Texas. And so I kind of I'm gonna have to bookmark this one, Andrea, just because this is a good resource just to know that I can get to all the states that I need to. Um, yeah, right here. And so so. Now I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to go right to your page, and I know I can pull up every state's um, agriculture website. Yeah, I'm, I'm saving this right now to my <laughs> to my browser window right here. This is the Texas Hip Show podcast number eighty. We're talking with Hannah Beckett, uh, owner and marketing director with the Lee Hemp Company, and our co-host Andrea Thiel joining us here on the show. Andrea wanted to ask you about some of the legal aspects or challenges. There's something, um, a new ruling. Is that right, Andrea? Well, the article was about how the compassionate use program rules are currently under review. Check out check out the Texas Hemp Reporter next um, next publication, or it's on uh, it's up on um, LinkedIn. I think maybe mm -hmm. it may not be up there yet. Um, but either way, no. The question that I that that is right on my mind is not too long ago the DEA responded to an inquiry from another attorney in the cannabis world, Shane Pennington, who many people are aware of. Um, but he is a well-known attorney in the cannabis industry. He works with Vicente Cedarberg. He requested um, some information from the DEA about hemp, about, I'm sorry, marijuana seeds and whether or not marijuana seeds are controlled under the Controlled Substance Act based on hemp being a carve out. And so essentially what the DEA responded back was that seeds from marijuana, so long as they are below 0.3% Delta 9 THC are considered hemp which is, you know, mind blowing because does that mean that you can ship marijuana seeds across state lines mm -hmm. because they are hemp? Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to respond to that because I think there's way too much information and way too much. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot, there's a lot in there. But I'm curious about the process and, and where you, when you harvest for seed, where does, I know obviously hemp plants are going to, if they're legal hemp plants, they're going to always be under 0.3%. But if it was a marijuana plant, and I don't know if you're, if you even know, because you guys grow hemp, but if it was a marijuana plant, 
by the time you harvest seeds, is the plant itself above 0.3% THC? Yes. Yeah. Um, and even so our, that is true as to what you were saying with the DEA, like all, I mean, they're all hemp plants, right? Even marijuana plants, it's all the hemp family. It's like, it's like a tomato plant. It's just diff a cherry tomato plant's different than a Roma tomato plant or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's all, um, they're all going to have some amount of THC in them. So we breed specifically for a high CBD content, a low THC content to stay within that legal limit at harvest. Um, and that, but when in growing for seed, what we're doing is again, staying within that legal limit, but we are creating, so for, in order for the plants to go to seed, they need to be exposed to pollen or a male plant. But since we want what, that feminized crop because we want all of the seeds to be feminized for CBD production. Um, we create a pollen producing female plant and spread pollen on those female plants and let them go to seed. Um, so within that testing, again, if you let a plant flower for too long, all, I mean, all of your cannabinoid properties are going to get, um, stronger but your thc likely will be will um, increase above the legal limit if you don't harvest it quickly enough but at peak harvest our our hemp seeds again should have a legal low thc lim limit and a high cbd content but for seed we're just letting we're just exposing them to that pollen from that pollen producing female plant and letting mm -hmm. it go to seed not as much of an issue because it's not sitting in flower for too long. Wow. So, and so if that were if that were a marijuana plant and not a hemp plant, I understand that's all cannabis. At the point when you harvest for seed, where would a marijuana would a marijuana plant be far above 03 percent? Yes. Yeah. I think. I mean. And again, I'm not the expert on this um but i think it's reasonable to say you'd be like at like six to eight percent on some high thc content no, it is. We're going to a commercial break, ladies. It's the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast number 80. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with both our guests, Hannah Beckett, uh, as well as Andres Hill. We'll be right back. This is the Texas Hemp Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Let's find out where our seeds and cannabis are and more information here from our friends at Lee Hemp Seed Company. We have be right back after this. It's the Texas Hemp Show. It's like that and like this and like that, Anna. It's like this and like that and like this, Anna. Drake creep to the mic like a fan. Well, I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping. But I damn near At TFNV, your bank for life, we understand the unique struggles this emerging market creates for early adopters. We love working with innovative entrepreneurs on the next big thing. And we believe hemp is exactly that. For over 130 years, we've been getting to know our clients and helping them plan for their future. Come tell us your story and plans for your venture. TFNB Bank, your bank for hemp. Proud to support Texas farmers. Visit online at tfnbtx.com. Hey, this is Cheech Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Oh.
Hey guys, it's Russell here for the Texas Hemp Show. Check out our friends over at CBD Seed Labs. You can plant your next hemp grow crop with proven genetics. They have the ACDC Cherry Blossom Mountain Mango. They just did a first place smokable flower for that Texas Battle of the Buds in 2021. Their hemp seeds are 100% USDA compliant, 99.9% feminized, and 99% viable. Premium feminine hemp seeds, expert consultation. If you mention the Texas Hemp Reporter, you'll also save 15% off. So give them a call or check them out at cbdseedlabs.com. Why take a chance with your hemp grow? Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Labs' exclusive hemp monitoring program. Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. The Texas Hemp Reporter is available free at all CBD and smoke shops in Houston and Austin, Texas. Expanding to Dallas and San Antonio this year. Cannabis is slowly becoming legal in Texas. So be sure to listen to the Texas Hemp Show podcast every week, wherever podcasts are available. The premier hemp and marijuana advocacy publication for Texas. The Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Mail to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. Now in our third year, with more than 100,000 copies made available free at over 1,000 CBD and smoke shops in Texas. That's the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine and the Texas Hemp Show. Visit online at texashempreporter.com and listen wherever podcasts are available. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. At TFNB. I don't want to put up a fight. We just want to make it right. Hand in hand, together we stand. Hand in hand, join the band. Taking our time, doing it right. Making our love, making me cry. Hand in hand, together we stand. Hand in hand. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast number 80. I'm Russell Dowden from the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine, and you can now pick up a copy of the Texas Hemp Reporter in San Antonio. We are in Houston. We've been in Austin. We've been in Houston going on a year, and we just recently added San Antonio uh, CBD stores and smoke shops to our distribution list, and, and hopefully later this year, I think maybe by the end of the summer, we'll be getting those up into the Dallas area as well so uh, very exciting uh, for us to expand our publication and educate the public a little more about cannabis and hemp here in the Lone Star State. Podcast number 80 joining us back on the program is our guest uh, Hannah Beckett of the, uh, the Lee Hip Company and superior quality hemp at that you can check them out online at leehempseeds.com and order your seeds. You can order five seeds. You can order 100 seeds. You can order 25 seeds. Um, and I think one of the cool things that was really um, interesting I saw on the website this morning was that uh, you guys on your website, Hannah, have a have a, um, a, 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 a there's a directive on there that just reminds cu- consumers and, and customers that hey, 
you can legally grow six plants in this state, in this state, and, and you can actually grow these. I think that's cool that you pointed out that you can, on the website, that you can actually grow a certain yeah. number of plants legally in your own backyard. Uh, is, is, right. That's not true for every state, right? But, but some states you can. Yeah, it's not true. And every um, the ones that it, it isn't, I think we put zero, zero plants or, or we just oh, okay. left early maybe. Um, I'd have to, I don't have it in front of me right now, but yeah, we just, a lot of people get hung up. They're like, well, I don't have a license to grow. And again, with us selling five seed packets, 10 seed packets, we just wanted to make sure people know, Hey, per adult in your household, it's legal to grow a lot of states, three plants or six plants. Um, so they don't need to get hung up on the licensing until they're looking at scaling up. I mean, your neighbors might try to report you, but. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, my co-host this week, uh, Andrea Steele, joining us here also on the, the broadcast this week from Frost, Brown, Todd, attorneys. Well, this is educational. I think it's important that we have the genetics on from time to time, Andrea. This is very cool because you get to get to get to learn about what's popular, what's working, what's been some of the success um, genetics that that you guys have seen the most, uh, I guess, most orders from or, or most response from? Yeah, that the dream variety that we created there, again, it was an F1 hybrid. We did, it's a hybrid between Uno B, which we saw on our site, and the wife, for people familiar with their hemp genetics. Um, that has been really successful for us. That was exciting because it's honestly been even more stable and produced even more biomass than Uno B, which is, Uno B has been shelved for five years now and is a very stable hemp genetic that we purchased um, from somebody else, which that plant has performed incredibly well. But it, it was satisfying to see the success rate with the dream and the reviews that we've gotten back on that have been awesome as well. So, Andrea, you have anything? I think that's really cool. Um, no, I, I, can you pull up the page where it shows which states you can grow which, um, how many flower or how many plants without having to get licensed? Yeah, where is I'm, that? I'm a dork, so uh, the, uh, like you know the the stuff about licensing is always in, like something that's front of my mind. And it's actually just right on our homepage. If you scroll down a little bit, we'll have um, it. Just says, "Did you know you can legally grow a few hemp plants without a license in these states?" And then oh uh, yes, here we go. Yeah, I just left the ones off where you can't, but um, quite a few states there where you can grow, yeah, a couple plants. That's cool. Can you see that, Andrea? Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah, that's really. Yeah, we don't, we don't get that. Yeah, we don't. That's why that was so surprising to me, because I knew about. I have friends in Colorado that grow uh, cannabis, and and I think uh, one of my friends. Uh, has maybe I think twelve plants. I'm not sure what it is in Colorado, but I, I know he's got the legal limit in a, in a little nursery in the back of his property. Yeah, in Colorado, it it's six, but again, it's per person in your household. So if oh. it was with somebody twenty one, you can grow twelve. Yeah, and then some <laughs> of them, and I have this on here. I'll say like twelve immature plants or seedlings or something of that sort. So you could sprout like twelve seeds. And then pick your six strongest ones and mature those plants or something. 
you mentioned what's the flowering time on that last one uh, that um, that popular breed we were just looking at that a moment ago the the dream how fast is yeah. that what's the time on flowering for some of these um, I guess I don't know off the top of my head exactly when it would flower I want to say within right at about 12 daylight hours so it does depend on when you're growing within the season or if you're growing indoors and can affect and it can can manipulate your daylight hours mm-hmm. um these ideal flower you're going to want to harvest right at about 90 to 100 days mm-hmm. done. so not a super long growing season um long enough but yeah right at right at three months ish and then they're going to go into flower at about 12 13 daylight hours and again you're going to want just let them flower long enough to get your cannabinoids <clears throat> matured on there but um not let like we touched on earlier not let your thc get too hot to stay in your legal limits and um yeah harvest them at peak it's the texas hemp show this is podcast number 80 our guest is uh, hannah beckett owner and marketing director for the lee hip seed company and uh, co-host this week is andrea Steele to make sure everything we talk about is legal <laughs> just teasing but yeah, i think i'm like oh you're gonna make me do some sort of legal <laughs> no thank you uh andrea for being on the program too this is really cool uh, you know it's still early enough for some of our texas growers i uh, you know i had one of our producers that's uh, won a award-winning for potency last december at the texas hemp cup texas hemp producers Scott and Dwayne were guests on maybe podcast 78, two or three shows ago, and they weren't planting right away their next group. They A lot of guys that are starting out in these first couple of years, you know, Hannah, they're not, they're not doing big grow operations. Many of them are indoor, and, and mm-hmm. Andrea, Andrea could probably testify to that. A lot of these growers are just slowly getting in with, with their grow operations. It's not too late for people to the listeners that are out there to, to, to purchase some of this genetics from you. Is there any kind of um, order deal or a special offer you want to make or some, something to our growers that are listening to the show? Because I know a lot of them have started, but many of them like Dwayne and Scott, they just kind of, they want to do one good grow during the season and they'll, they'll plant here, you know, in late May or June. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Late May, June, honestly, yeah, June 15th, even mm-hmm. Texas is you always have nice weather. Again, you're just looking at your daylight hours, but really I would say as long as you, you're, you have them started and in the ground by the end of June, you should be able to get a good crop this year. Um, I will make sure I am doing it right now. Actually, I'll create a discount code. So if you use uh, the code Texas hemp reporter, you'll get 20% off your purchase um cool through our we provide free shipping throughout the entire u.s free usps shipping so yeah and and get five seeds guys you you don't have to spend a fortune with these these guys to get you know i remember when i first started approaching some colorado bigger companies for genetics when we first started the magazine you know getting advertisers and I mean, some of, and then a lot of seed companies were trying to actually, Hannah, they were trying to recruit me 
to sell seeds for them because uh, they knew what, <laughs> I was in this space and what we were doing was going to be cool. Um, but man, some of the, you know, like some of them were trying to get you in on, you know, 10,000 seeds, 5,000 seeds. Okay. Uh, oh my gosh, Texas is a big agriculture state. We need to get, you know, 5,000 seeds to this farmer. But you no, know, people don't have to buy like that. They can buy a hundred seeds right. for a hundred bucks from you guys. I mean, that's really cool. Exactly. And just to reiterate, we do have a ton of seeds available. So if you're looking for a larger volume, obviously would be happy um, to give you a quote on that. And it's really just higher volume, better price per seed, obviously. But um, yeah, we do have seed packets of five available. <laughs> well, guys, if you're listening and the growers, I do, I know they do listen. Um, I know that many of you guys have a copy of the Texas Hemp Reporter that you received in the mail. Check out page. Oh, I think it's she's on 61. 500 seeds, guys, is 375 bucks. 500 seeds. <laughs> And you can order them from LeeHempSeeds.com or, or give them a call at 970-317-1257. Just check out LeeHempSeeds.com. That's where I'm at, kind of fl flipping through here, looking at some of the uh, the genetics. And um, it, the weather in Texas is certainly good for 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 good yield on some of on some of this genetics that you guys offer. You were speaking about that weather a little bit ago. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's great. You guys have such a stable climate for the most part. Um, so it shouldn't be, because, I, I mean, hemp plants, they're honestly pretty hardy, but it's still just nice. You don't have any extreme cold temperatures. Like right now in Montana, we're still, like, it snowed two days ago. So, <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> if you're trying to do an outdoor grow, it's iffy right now. Well, I, well, I, I, I think it's funny that you mentioned um, some of these seed dealers were trying to get you to sell for them. <laughs> I remember back in 2019 and 2020 um, how many shady seed dealers there were and how many bad deals yeah. growers got because they were very eager to get involved immediately in the, in the industry. Yeah. And there was a lot of, you know, just a lot of dealers out there that were just mm -hmm. selling bogus, selling seeds that were not, you know, not 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 producing what they were told they were going to produce. Um, so, so I'm curious, Hannah, how um, how you guys have navigated that, um, and and just any other kind of issues that maybe have come up in, in the past few years that you've been dealing with, um, at least with Texas and growers in Texas. What kind of issues come up with um, just people doing bad deals, and how you've seen some of that play out? Oh yeah. Um, there was so much of that, again, those early years, which that wasn't too long ago. And I, I mean, I sort of touched on it, but that's kind of what lit a fire under us to, to make sure we had our own good genetics that we could grow from because our CBD line is so important to us. Um, and we had bought, we had done deals with seed dealers that weren't great and and even so, it just didn't feel like it was going to be consistent. Like, even if we got a good batch of seeds one year, we didn't feel like we could be guaranteed to get the same thing the next year. Um, so we wanted to create that good space for ourselves as a vertically integrated company, but for other people as well and be like, here's our genetics. Here's all the documentation you need on it. We're happy to give you advice on how to grow and just be straight up because there was some of that as well early on where people were like really hush hush about like um, 
how to get the best deal because the competition was just weird, right? And mm-hmm. so nobody wanted to give each other advice and we were just out there kind of like sink or swim and were frustrated with it and, and did end up finding a few good people. It's not, the industry has good people in it as well, but we were just like, nope, we want to create two good genetics, make sure we have them available for ourselves and other farmers always and be a good resource if you want to reach out if you want to call us we will give you every bit of information we know on how to create a good hemp crop and get the highest yield possible we're not trying to gatekeep any good info because that's not how we want to succeed you know there's bigger companies out there and then there's smaller companies too and you know it's funny because i got into this space when I was approached by some friends who were from Colorado and like South central Colorado. And they were friends of a friend of mine that knew I was kind of a marketing guy and they wanted me to sell seeds uh, to Texas farmers. And they were approached me about this. And I was like, you know, you mean we got legal cannabis coming? I wasn't even tuned up on, but I, I, it didn't really dawn on me until guys from some friends of some friends were asking me and, and who, if I might market my their seeds to farmers in Texas, and I, I didn't, I I actually recountered them and said, well, I don't know about selling the seeds to the farmers, but who's gonna do a magazine? I'm a magazine publisher, guys. <laughs> I this was in January of 2020, but yeah, I just ended up you know in the space kind of rather happenstance. But once I learned that the, the the Texas farmers could put seeds in the ground, Andrea, in May of 2020, I really took a long look at the possibility of doing this hemp slash cannabis publication reader, and it's really blossomed for a, to a nice business for myself. And and I'm very excited in being in in this space. What what do you think about being in the the space? yourselves or either one of you uh, isn't it exciting time right now to to be in cannabis in in the country right now i'll I'll go ahead and go first and then pass it on to hannah um so it absolutely is i mean i got involved in this industry because i i saw a need for there to be some clarity and some guidance because there are so many conflicting issues with regard to the laws and, and now that I'm in the industry and I see it firsthand and I'm dealing with it, it is like, aside from it being very complex and, and, and complicated, it's also incredibly fascinating. And mm-hmm. like the issues that come up from an attorney's perspective, they're so unique. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we don't have answers, which is also a weird place to be in the law because, you know, your clients want straight answers and we just don't have them in cannabis all the time yet because things are are rapidly shifting or there just is no precedent. And so it's it's definitely a wild time to be in and and it's really exciting and I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> I appreciate being a part of this. And I feel like like I I feel like um being a good steward of the industry like that's mm-hmm. kind of that's what yeah. my goal is. I want to do right by the industry and I want to do right by the by consumers and by just generally the industry at large. And, and not not have it all be about greed. And I appreciate that there are a lot of other people in the space like that. Yeah, there's some shady folks, but there's really good people here too. Hannah? That is so true. Um, I'd like to echo that. I Because I feel like I kind of dogged on the industry earlier, but there <laughs> are a vast amount of people that 
are good. And and I would say like being involved in it in Colorado is maybe a little bit of a different perspective um, or was anyway a couple of years ago because they were kind of known for leading the charge on all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, and with that, there was, there weren't good regulations in place and the industry got really flooded. And so I think that just kind of amplified when you saw like bad deals, you were like, oh, this is what it's all like. But then as the industry got flooded, then people kind of weeded themselves out. And now I would say nationwide and in Colorado as well, you're left with a lot stronger group of people to represent the industry as far as seed dealers, farmers, CBD, all of it. Um, It's been cool to watch kind of the rise and fall of that. And it's just an exciting time to be in the hemp industry in general, I would say, especially in the farming and seed selling business, because there was so much hemp grown a couple of years ago and then just biomass sitting in warehouses. Mm-hmm. And, and now kind of as we've worked through that, I think this second round of people farming hemp, it'll be a lot more mindful and a lot more reasonable scale and a lot quality a lot higher quality hemp. So I'm excited to see what the next couple of years look like. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. And, and from my, I just celebrated 20 years as a magazine publisher, um, last, last March. And so I know when I came into the space, Andrea, a lot of folks was like, who's this guy or, you know, me, but, but I had, I had, as other magazines, I owned rockstar magazine here in Austin. I published a weird magazine, which was very counterculture. Uh, I did that for about 10 or 11 years and, and we covered uh, rock and roll to cannabis. Um, you know, I had comedians like Cat Williams on the cover and, and, and I, I would interview Cheech and Tommy Chong. Um, those guys, I've always been an ambassador for this plant in different, um, incarnations of my publishing work, but to end up in it, in this space at this time, you guys sell supplies too. I know this is probably an ancillary part of your business, but I thought I would ask, you know, there are supplies that you offer on your website too. And if you want to talk about that, I thought I'd mention it. Oh, sure. Yeah. We just found those. We saw a couple supplies on there, some fertilizer, um, some windowsill greenhouses. We thought those were helpful when we were first starting. And again, with the big picture of wanting to be a good resource, we thought we would put those on our website as well. So it's a one-stop shop for people just getting started. We'll sell Jiffy windowsill greenhouse if you want to throw it in your order, um, the nutrients we're using, that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, isn't it, it uh, it's also true that you guys have all these seeds are made without the use of any pesticides or herbicides. Is that right? I, I thought I read that on the site too. Uh, yes, correct. So we do, with our seed crop specifically, we're growing it in a greenhouse. So it's a very controlled environment, which has been awesome. Well, as we've got maybe a couple minutes left with with you both here on the show, I wanted to wrap and just kind of ask a little about some of the charities you work with, because I saw that this was seems like this is an important uh, issue for your team. And I just thought it was really cool that that you guys uh, make the the effort to donate some of your uh, proceeds to a percentage of your profits to charities. And I wanted to let you expand on that and talk a little bit about that, the good work that you guys do, uh, with that part of the business. Yeah. Thanks for asking about that. That's, um, that's really important to us. We donate 
Last year, we donated about 7% of all of our proceeds to veteran organizations, various veteran organizations. This year, we're aiming for 10%, um, and we'll try to hold there. But as a newer company, it was harder for us to do that last year. Um, but we want to give back to those that have served us most. So that's a big part of our mission. This weekend, actually, we're involved in a fundraiser for an organization called Warriors in Quiet Waters based out of Montana that we donate to frequently. Their goal is to help veterans just like ease back into life after deployment. Um, so they do a lot of outdoor therapy, teach them how to fly fish, that sort of thing. Um, so it's based in Bozeman, which is an area I'm familiar with. So I've been involved with them, but we've donated to Merging Vets and Players, um, yeah, several other organizations, and we'll continue to do that. A big part of what we would like to do is get our CBD product in the hands of veterans at no cost. Um, so we do donate a lot of products to like VFW posts, that sort of thing, whenever we see the opportunity to and then we always offer a 50 percent veteran discount for our cbd line as well which i know isn't our topic right now but yeah all under this so yeah that's really super cool i was just on that page i just landed on the military discount page when you mentioned that so if you want to get some seeds Promo code Texas Hemp Reporter. I think I think Hannah just yep. made that uh, made that out of the fly here uh, with us on the show this week. <laughs> but yeah, that's super great, and and uh, I guess you'll get twenty percent off if you, uh, you want to try. I mean, you know, you can save a whole dollar off of off of uh, well, maybe a couple bucks off of five seeds, guys. If you take the discount, yeah. just try a couple of seeds, man, and throw them in your backyard. I mean, I don't think we're one of those states, but not in it, Texas. <laughs> if you're in Texas, but make sure you have a permit. <laughs> Texas hemp reporter, twenty percent off, and again, we always offer free shipping. <laughs> so, so, so if someone calls, do you have to verify their permit? How does that work? Since, I mean, I've got an attorney as my co-host this week on the show, so I need to make sure we make that uh, clear. Um, do you ask for the permit from the grower that's tuning into the show this week? Is that how that kind of works? Uh, uh, I don't know if people like my, my brother can call and, and, and get his, you know, closet indoor operation going you know i mean i'm not sure if that works like that but but how does how do you do you ask for a permit number or a permit um frankly i'm a little scared to answer this so <laughs> maybe we'll bleep this part out andrea <laughs> let me know but as far as we see um and there's been some back and forth on it but no that's out of our hands um <laughs> It's, you don't need a permit to have, we need a permit to sell the seeds. So we do abide by that. We have a permit to sell seeds out, out of Colorado. Um, and if people want to see that, we're willing to send it to them. But outside of that, no, they don't need a permit to possess <laughs> seeds as far as I know. That's, if they're going to sprout them, grow them. That's a, yeah, that's a good answer. Stop there. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good answer, huh, counsel? I'll stop there. <laughs> Uh, Andrea is with the Frost Brown uh, Todd attorneys, and can we shout out your phone number for listeners and 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 maybe Hannah just in case she ever needs a, a Texas attorney? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hannah, feel free to reach out to me anytime or anybody else that's listening. My cell phone is 281-755-3850. My email is asteel, A-S-T-E-E-L, at FBT Law. That's F like Frost, B like Brown, T like Todd, FBTLaw.com. And I'm happy to help answer questions. Like I mentioned earlier, I want to be a good steward of the industry. Um, I'm here, here, here to help. Well, stand by, guys. We're gonna we'll we're gonna let you go, Andrea. You stay there. We have another guest calling in. Uh, Hana, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast this week. We appreciate you on Podcast Eighty. Thank you. Stand by. We'll be right back after this on another break. One, two. To the folks, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. At TFNB, your bank for life, we understand the unique struggles this emerging market creates for early adopters. We love working with innovative entrepreneurs on the next big thing, and we believe hemp is exactly that. For over 130 years, Years, we've been getting to know our clients and helping them plan for their future. Come tell us your story and plans for your venture. TFNB Bank, your bank for him. Proud to support Texas farmers. Visit online at tfnbtx.com. Hey, this is Cheech Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Hey guys, it's Russell here for the Texas Hemp Show. Check out our friends over at CBD Seed Labs. You can plant your next hemp grow crop with proven genetics. They have the ACDC Cherry Blossom Mountain Mango. They just did a first place smokable flower for that Texas Battle of the Buds in 2021. Their hemp seeds are 100% USDA compliant, 99.9% feminized, and 99% viable. Premium feminine hemp seeds, expert consultation. If you mention the Texas Hemp Reporter, you'll also save 15% off. So give them a call or check them out at cbdseedlabs.com. Why take a chance with your hemp grow? Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Labs' exclusive hemp monitoring program. Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. The Texas Hemp Reporter is available free at all CBD and smoke shops in Houston and Austin, Texas. Expanding to Dallas and San Antonio this year. Cannabis is slowly becoming legal in Texas. So be sure to listen to the Texas Hemp Show podcast every week, wherever podcasts are available. The premier hemp and marijuana advocacy publication for Texas. The Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Mail to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. Now in our third year, with more than 100,000 copies made available free at over 1,000 CBD and smoke shops in Texas. That's the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine and the Texas Hemp Show. Visit online at TexasHempReporter.com and listen wherever podcasts are available. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden.
right, welcome back to the Texas Hip Show podcast. This is podcast number 80 as we transition from one guest to the next here on the program. And riding shotgun with me is, is Andrea Steele over there with the law firm and Frost Brown Todd Attorneys. But joining us on this segment is uh, Dr. Altamirano from the Good Earth Medical Marijuana Clinic in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Dr. Almirano, how are you, sir? Hey, Russell, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. I'm looking forward to sharing what we've been doing. Well, that worked out actually perfectly because we went to commercial break and uh, and we said bye to our our friend Hanna there at uh, uh, the Lee Hemp Company. So uh, uh, I, my co-host this week is cannabis and hemp attorney specialist here, uh, Andrea Steele. Uh, Andrea is on the program with us this week on podcast number Wonderful. 80. So she may have a question or two with for you, especially as an attorney. And so um, we're all in good company. So we got a doctor and a lawyer on the program this week. Wonderful. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. I, yeah, we actually crossed paths at Texas A&M last month um, at the cannabis conference. So, yeah, so, so we got a little one-on-one there. But excellent. Well, tell us what's been going on with you guys in San Antonio. You know, I don't know if you're aware, but just last month we finally made our first, uh, the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine just touched down the April, kind of our April 420, April-May issue of the Texas Hemp Reporters, now available in San Antonio, smoke shops and CBD stores, as well as Austin and Houston. So um, the magazines are starting to get up into that area down there in San Antonio, but I guess tell us a little bit about uh, how you guys got started and, and what you're doing for the community there in San Antonio. No, thank you. And uh, welcome to the 210. You know, we're excited to have the, uh, the circulating magazines around. Um, yeah, so um, I, I'm a family doctor by trade. I also have another clinic that I have for the uninsured. Now, I've been following, you know, medical cannabis since 2015 when it was introduced for only seizures and to where it's evolved today. Now, when the last bill was on the docket back uh, last April, we were excited about going to 5% and adding chronic pain and PTSD. Mm-hmm. So I got on the registry, right? And, you know, I've, I've been following Dr. Brimberry. has been doing there in Austin. Um, and this work as a cannabis physician is about compassion, right? And it really is that. Mm-hmm. Now, in San Antonio, it's, it's, you know, we're military city, USA. Right. So, so when PTSD came across, not chronic pain, I wasn't that excited about it because, well, going from 0.5 to 1%, not quite the 5 But come the summer, July and August of last year, they found me, right? They, they were just like, hey, we're ready to go September 1. Let's get on board and let's do this, right? So I had been doing my education prior uh, to know how to prescribe and know what to ask and know what to do. So now that it started, it's it's been such a rewarding practice, right, in that I don't usually deal with veterans. Now, you know, PTSD is not only exclusive to veterans, but that's what I'm seeing. About 80% about 80 of my of my demographic are, are veterans. Um, it's, it's something that I guess I really never understood what PTSD is to a veteran, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I deal with it. I work in the ER. I have my own clinic. I see it all the time. And it's something that we just know, okay, you're on these medications, okay, great, you have a psychiatrist or a counselor to help you walk through some things, and that's kind of where it stays. But now seeing what veterans have to go through 
to one, get on the registry. Two is the fears they have of being on the registry with their VA benefit. Some of it was just the lack of knowledge of what can be done. So when we started, you know, it was just from day one. These 15, 20 minutes are in, in house with me face to face. Is I lived it with them, and I got no idea how they get through a day. You know, it's something that I was not pervy to that experience until I started dealing with this. And now that we've started, it's been it's just every every week when we every day we have a clinic day, it just inspires me to get the word out, right? To get the word out and let vets know, or any PTSD, cancer, epilepsy, right? We know what the list has uh, to get them on the registry to try alternate products like this. And it's, you know, and I think, you know, what's, re what's really assuring to me is when I jump on these national conferences, uh, when, we, when they talk about actual medical cannabis with research now, mm -hmm. that's what, that's what leads, that's what leads physicians to buy in, right? Part of the challenge is uh, in Western medicine, where we train in the United States, it's all evidence-based. But if there is no studies that show evidence because it was restricted to study, it's hard to get other doctors on board, right? So now that, you know, I saw what happened just this last month with, uh, with Dr. Brinberry and his study with the Texas original patients and how they saw the improvement and the less use of other medications, including narcotics, including benzodiazepines, those are things that are very refreshing, right? Because on the bigger picture, it's not just a matter of healthcare. It's about public health. These are public health issues nationwide. And Texas is no different when it comes to opioid overuse or even these medications that could harm the kidney or the liver because there's no other option or because that's not even being brought up. Um, you know, part of the challenge I found was uh, I'm not allowed to go to the VA and spread my flyers. I'm not allowed uh, oh, to wow. put on public radio, right? I'm not allowed um, to, to uh, advertise through Facebook because it's still recreational is what they're telling right. me. So, so seeing this growth, it's inspiring. These last two meetings I've gone to, right, at the, the Canada's Conference at Texas A&M, that in itself was something. I graduated Texas A&M. Actually, yesterday was 20 years exactly that I graduated from Texas A&M. <laughs> so that was, that, was a, that was a full circle experience for me to be back there for a cannabis conference to see how much has changed well, at that university. So that's something that's very exciting. Well, you know, Ray, that's one of the things that, that – uh... You know, Andrea and Hannah, our, our previous guests, we were just were speaking about what is it, what does it mean to be in this space? Yes, no, exactly right. Um, uh, I've been practicing for ten years, and it's always a common subject with my patients. They ask me, you know, can I smoke or can I use cannabis for my pain? Can I use it for this? Look, doc, I've been on these Lord tabs for so long for my chronic back pain. And now I'm seeing objective changes in their liver function. I'm seeing them go through peptic ulcers from so much NSAID that they take that it's it's only obvious that there is, there is another option for you. But because there's an imaginary state line where I cannot tell you that mm. and I can't even ask what you're doing, it was just a lost topic, right? But the more, it's just so, it, everyone's, it, so many people self-medicate already. Yeah. And, when, when I saw a way to optimize what they're already doing, this is why I started pursuing it. I'm really into the science of what happens here. And especially, it's not that often in the medical field, at least nowadays, where there's something so new to everybody. I say new when it comes to the medical world uh, because of evidence-based medicine, where we're allowed to contribute to it. So part of this 
is I want to contribute also, right? I have a nice volume of patients now where we're seeing changes outside of what's on this list. So what keeps me going is how, who else can I help, right? Why do I have to be limited to a list when I see other benefits to it, especially when we're seeing no evidence coming through of how we can help? So for me, it was, it was already a, a common thing before it became medical for epilepsy patients in 2015. Mm-hmm. And since then, it sparked my interest, right? Because that is definitely a, an alternate that I see. And I have other other physicians in other states that I went to medical school with that practice and were even practicing cannabis medicine. And just hearing their stories and what they do, it really comes down to compassion, right? And the, the thing is yeah. about the compassionate use registry, it really is, right? How am I going to not, you know, there's a human approach well, or, or the, the, the human aspect. I hear someone yeah. tell me a story. Let me share one of these stories with you that really moved me. So this guy came in, you know, he's like, he's had shrap metal. He's got there's so many back fusions from jumping off and parachuting through the military. And he's out now, right? And he tells me, look, I get home, I take my med. And he's like, I'm on five or six different meds. But he told me this, he's like, look, I don't feel the, I don't feel mad or I don't feel like I'm anxious. But then again, I don't feel anything like love, like warmth. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, so I'm just a shell of a person. So we started him on, on, on a regimen of CBD and THC and also did some solely THC products. And at the next visit, which was about a month later, his wife came with him. She walked in and then she sat, they both sat in front of me. She starts sobbing. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? And she says, I don't know what happened, but he's back. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, he was, and, and she told me for the first time in 19 years, he sat with me and watched a movie and he held my hand. Wow. She's like, she's like, that is, he's back. So when, when something like this is moving, she's like, there's another part too. He's like, he was pushing his grandson on the swing the other day where in the last 13 years, I mean, he hasn't want to communicate with any family with nobody. This, this, his grandson's six years old and he just knows grandpa is the grumpy man in the corner. And now grandpa was pushing him on the swing. <laughs> he watched the movie with her. And he told me, he said, look, I stopped all my meds except for one. I said, before you do that, make sure your doctors know what's going on. This is a team effort. But he says, no, I'm very comfortable. And the only medicine I take now is for my cholesterol, something that has nothing to do with PTSD. <laughs> but he says, I'm actually enjoying life again. He's back. Something like that just moved me on so many levels, right? How could, how could this person, for 19 years, how is this not an option? How is this not part of his life? Did he just lose 19 years after, after serving our country? And just with just a shell of a person, guess what? His his case is very very common. This is what's happening to our veterans. This is what's happening to people that just don't have an option to get this kind of medication. Well, it's very very uh, very powerful, and I see these stories on news, and uh, you hear the uh, uh, the stories of the veterans that are benefiting from this. This is podcast number eighty of the Texas Hemp show and i'm russell with the texas hip reporter magazine evidently our show has upgraded a little bit this week because i have co-hosting with me andrea Steele from frost brown attorneys so i've got one of the state's premier attorneys on cannabis and and hemp in in, in, in co-hosting with us this week and then it's a pleasure to speak uh with dr ray altamirano there in san antonio of the good earth mmj clinic Oh, yeah, no, 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 we're seeing, oh, uh, yeah, thank you, Andrea, and we're seeing all walks of it, right, because I think, I think what's becoming more common is now that they, you know, we were on the local news, and so now other people, and now I also reached out to many uh, hematologists, oncologists, 
that are, you know, there's a lot of cancer patients. There's a lot of, um, we have plenty of seizure patients. We have some autism patients, even some children that we're treating, right? So these are other qualifying diagnoses. We have MS. We have some patients with that other neurodegenerative diseases that they have, Parkinson's. So there's, there's all walks of what we're seeing. And I think now that they're, I think a lot of the older generation, and I say maybe, you know, it's, it's the, the boomer generation, but yeah. we're seeing that now, now, now it's more acceptable. Now, you know yeah. what, everyone around me is even, you know what, when, and they, a lot of times, you know what, my grandson told me to come try this, and I'm here because I'm desperate, right? And I'm still having my cancer pain, right? Or I'm still having my Parkinson's is worsening, and I can't sleep because I'm shaking. These, yeah. these, uh, these big spasticity disorders. Now, and that's interesting what Andrew was saying, right? In, in Texas, we're baby steps, but I like baby steps better than no steps. In yeah. that. Something that's really inspiring to me is at the conference there at Texas A&M last week. I was uh, last month. I was in Killeen with uh, Mr. David Bass, and and, and we're talking about mm-hmm. medical cannabis there in general. Now, what's happening, right? And he had a and he actually had a legislator in health, and people went at him, right? They were just coming to all angles, and he, he and he did a good job. I respect that he answered everyone's, everyone's questions. Is that Dan but, Patrick? Uh, no, it was not Dan Patrick. <laughs> not, not at all. No, sir, it was not. But what I'm saying is, right, you know, what, is, what do I want as a prescribing physician? I don't think I need a list, and I don't think I need a cap on the amount right. of THC, right? right? And now, now when you start seeing what, what's happening in medical cannabis at other places, they're able to use these higher concentration vapes or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, this is, this is where I think it's, it's going, and I'm confident that Texas, I mean, it'll, it'll get somewhere near there. Right, if it doesn't just go full legal sometime, but uh, that's, yeah. that's something that me as a physician, what do I, I? I don't think I need a list. You don't know how many patients I turn away because I say, look, even though you're telling me it helps you with your pain and it helps you sleep and it helps your anxiety, I cannot help you because you don't have a qualifying diagnosis. Right, so that's a that, that's a tough thing to tell patients when I really feel I feel what they're telling me is true, and I, I think that they would benefit. Right, yeah. but I'm restricted. Well, I think that that's a very uh, a poignant point that that uh, you make. And as a physician, I, I, you know, we David Sergi was on uh, last week, the attorney with with um, with Jay McGuire from the Texas Hemp Federation, and we talked a little bit in that show about how the culture was starting to come around and how the culture for cannabis in the United States and and Texas. And globally is is at an all time high, and what you're finding is that you're exactly right, Ray. The baby boomer generation. Uh, no, my parents. Now, my parents were hippies of the baby boomer generation, but but yes, they are all taking medic. They're using cannabis more than ever. For they're taking a CBD to sleep. They're taking a CBD cream for arthritic pain. Uh, my mother got on a high-grade CBD ca- uh, a gel for uh, for her cancer last year, so we're seeing that the baby boomer generation is um, is accept- is more acceptant of this. And Andrea, you can comment on this too, but I I just feel like the culture is really starting to accept this, and um, and I think that. Ray, you're right. I think that the next step of our laws coming down the pipeline, maybe in next session, is maybe we'll get a law passed that allows doctors to uh, prescribe the amount of THC that's in. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for the latter. I'm hoping there is not a list, but what, most of what we turn away is chronic pain. 
it's such a vague issue and it's such a vague, I mean, vague term. But I, if someone comes in, sometimes we say, does your, va- does your chronic pain involve neuropathies or spasticity, which mm-hmm. might qualify you if that's what's documented from your doctor, right? Because those are qualifying conditions, not your chronic pain. So it's, it's one of those where it looks like it, it got a little compartmentalized of what they want to use as far as the diagnosis. And that's why when I see that list, I know I, I don't feel it was made by a medical professional. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a medical list. So uh, I think chronic pain, you know, if we, if we have to pick and choose chronic pain would be a big one, right? That's, that's, that's yeah. a lot of what we turn away. So I, I would like the latter. Well, I think it's a, a good thing. We, you've got to get our chronic pain in there, Andrea. I think that's important. My wife has lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. I think she would be qualifying if, she, if chronic pain was in there. My mother does qualify through the neuropathy. Uh, she does also have a little bit of uh, RA. We need to get chronic pain passed through the legislator, uh, legislative session next time around. Uh, Ray, can you fire off the website and, and maybe a phone number and f- to get folks out there? We've got about a minute and a half left on the program, but I want to make sure you fire off uh, your information. Yes, Good Earth Medical Marijuana Clinic there in San Antonio. Tell folks how they can get the medicine, get with you first to get the script, to get the medicine. But but how can folks learn more about Good Earth there in San Antonio? Yes, thank you. Uh, and we have our website, goodearth210.com. On there, we list the diagnosis. We list how you can get on board. We do everything by text. It's a text service. It's a 830-582-8333. That's how we manage everything. We you know we have patients across the state as well. It's not just in San Antonio. So we do our telemedicine. Um, so you're able to do this remotely. So we're very you know we're we're always excited when we find more patients. In fact, I think I'm the I'm the most southern. Point doctor for face-to-face consultations in Texas. So I have patients from other border towns, Laredo, uh, McAllen, that are mm-hmm. coming up and seeing me. Mm-hmm. So we're happy to expand and, and we're happy to share this information, especially when there's this amount of testimony for patients of how they're improving. It only drives me to try to do a little more with it. So we're very happy to be on the show with you, Russell. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, we're very excited uh, to where this is going in Texas. Well, we're very excited for where everything is going in Texas. It is an honor to have you and Andrea on the show this week. Uh, Ray, thank you for being a part of the show, my friend. All right, there we go, guys. That's going to conclude podcast number 80 of the Texas Hip Show podcast. We're glad to be doing these. Over 80 shows now under our belt. And uh, stay tuned. Next month, we will have our 12th and second anniversary edition of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. I'm Russell. Special thanks to Hannah Beckett over there, marketing director for the Lee Hemp Company. And uh, again, thanks for Ray Altamirano and Andrea Steele for being a part of the show this week. Podcast 80. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for tuning in.